We'll invite our chime to sing. I welcome you to arrive to this practice in whatever way feels true to you. Maybe what feels true is enjoying a noble posture that is lying down and really feeling the whole body supported by the floor and the earth. Maybe a noble posture for you is standing upright and enjoying some movement. There are a lot of people in community who take us on hikes, take us to the beach, uh, go bike riding. We've had people um, skating before and listening to this practice. Maybe your practice is going to happen while you're cooking your supper, or you're tidying up some work. It doesn't matter, my friends. The fact that you're here, the fact that you've prioritized this time to show up in whatever way you can manage, please invite it to be perfect. Please celebrate the way you are participating today and know that it is noble. I'd like to begin our practice by sharing with you a sentiment of loving-kindness. This one reads, May you not believe everything you think. May you not believe everything you think. For the month of May, In the Spokane Sangha of Recovery Dharma, we have been exploring the mother, the archetype of mother, its symbolism, the way it manifests, its qualities, the association with the sacred feminine, whatever that means to you. We've had some salty conversations about it that have been really rather illuminating. Tonight, I'd like to bring forward a single quality of mother, the archetype of mother, and that is community. Sangha one of the three jewels in Buddhism. In many species upon this good earth, sentient beings live in groups and there are distinct roles that are defined in order to ensure survival and safety. There are many types of species where 
the matriarchal lineage, the mothering, happens with communities, sisters, aunts, many mothers, coming together, caring for the young. It's, uh, can think of it like a core, a center, a heart. And on the outside perimeter of that core, of that center, of that heart, is a fierce energetic line and barrier and territory of protection. In the Buddhist tradition, the legend of the Buddha is such that he spent a lot of time alone. He tried on many practices, many perspectives, many philosophies popular in the day. He practiced with great enthusiasm and with impeccable discipline, until one day he determined to discover a practice that was for himself. He sat, he invited stillness, he sat with the inner critics of his mind, called Mara, and he created space, and openness and understanding for the conditions that created him to experience misery, suffering, discomfort. What causes you discomfort? What thoughts plague your mind and your emotions? What has punctured the heart and the core of your being? Can you see it? Can you identify it? Can you question it? Can you wonder about it to such a degree that you create some space to no longer believe it so fervently? Maybe what you've been thinking and attached to for so long is less true than you once believed. 
The Buddha woke up. He woke up to the misery of life. He woke up to understand its causes and conditions. And he realized that there are eight concepts that create this matrix of wisdom that enable a human being to relinquish some of that discomfort. The Buddha was very clear to his community, a community of human beings, both men and women, that he gathered up honoring the qualities of the Sacred Mother and the Sacred Father. And he said so clearly, please don't be like me. If you try to do that, if you try to be like me, then you miss out on being the whole of you. And that indeed would be a tragedy. Each of us are invited in the shelter of community and in the loving embrace of belonging to explore the Noble Eightfold Path, its conceptual matrix to understand our own suffering and to awaken from its causes and conditions. It begins with understanding and curiosity. What makes us tick? It has a determination to it, an intention that says, I'm going to keep going. Look at all of you, all of you right now, me included. We keep showing up. The intention is to keep recovering. It's amazing. And it takes wise action to do that. And wise effort, too. And one of the most grounding concepts in working with the mind, opening the heart to the wonder of being human and the wonder of being each of us is wise speech. What are the words you're speaking in the privacy of your own mind? Are your words encouraging? Have you adopted language that is harsh and diminishing and it doesn't even belong to you? Abandon it. It doesn't serve. The Noble Eightfold Path is a dance of beauty, love, compassion, and joy. Use those words. And watch how it changes your life. Watch 
how you find yourself stepping into mindfulness, sati, presence. What's happening now? Stand still. Take stock. Look at how well you're doing. Concentrate. Celebrate how well you are. And don't be afraid to acknowledge when you stumble, when you drop the ball. That's part of being a whole human being. Pick it up. Get up. Keep going. But we can't do it alone. We need each other. We need to connect. We need to belong. We need encouragement and honesty. We, meet, we need clear mirrors to reflect back to us maybe some perspectives, some aspects of ourselves that are hard to see. The Sacred Mother in the Buddhist tradition is the Sangha. It is the place of refuge. It is the place of anchored belonging. It is home.
friends. I invite us to close our practice today with a very beautiful chant paying homage to the Buddha. I'll chant it three times. This is a very popular chant. And if you know it, you can sing it with me. I'll chant it fairly slowly so you can get the rhythm of it. And I'm just going to put my hands in prayer position. And if that feels comfortable for you, you can do the same and just enjoy this chanting. Taking a deep breath together. Tayata o muni muni maha muni soha Tayata o muni muni maha muni soha Tayata o muni muni maha muni soha. Let's go ahead and end our practice with a dedication of merit. In Buddhist monastic communities, nuns and monks rarely leave a monastic setting an abbey, a temple, um, a refuge, alone. They rarely venture out into the world by themselves. And the reason being is the conditions that tug at us are so great, it is so easy to fall back into habit energy. And so monastic people often travel in pairs or groups of three as a way of buffering each other, supporting each other to keep creating the conditions that meet their intentions and aspirations of practice. I bring this forward because most of us are journeying somewhat solo. And just know that when you come up against a struggle, when you come up against a craving, when you come up against a temptation to return into habit energy, whatever that habit energy is, avoidance, aggression, ghosting, whatever it is, 
know that you are not alone in that. It takes a lot of strength and effort and practice to stay true to this journey. That means it takes a lot of mistakes, too. Sangha is a reminder to be gentle. Enough of the warring, enough of the battling. We need the radical acts of compassion, loving kindness, and joy in order to bring freedom from substance misuse and abuse. Your practice is invaluable. May it reach out into your communities. May it find people sleeping on the streets, in their cars. May it touch people behind bars or in the hospitals. May it find anyone hiding away, not able to find their way out quite yet. And may the strength of the Sangha support you, be a soft place for you to land, and a welcoming place into which you can return. Thank you so much for your practice, friends. I hope to see you again. Namaste.